0: Second Samuel chapter three. Now there was a long war between Saul's house and David's house. David grew stronger and stronger, but Saul's house grew weaker and weaker. Sons were born to David in Hebron. His firstborn was Amnon, of Ahinoam the Jezreelites, and his second, Kiliab, of Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite, and the third, Absalom, the son of Maacah, the daughter of Talmai, king of Geshur, and the fourth. Adonijah, the son of Haggith, and the fifth, Shephatiah, the son of Abital, and the sixth, Ithraim of Egla, David's wife. These were born to David in Hebron. While there was war between Saul's house and David's house, Abner made himself strong in Saul's house. Now Saul had a concubine whose name was Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah. And Ishbosheth said to Abner, Why have you gone into my father's concubine? Then Abner was very angry about ish words and said, Am I a dog's head that belongs to Judah? Today I show kindness to the house of Saul your father, to his brothers and to his friends, and have not delivered you into the hand of David, and yet you charge me today with a fault concerning this woman. God do so to Abner, and more also, if, as Yahweh has sworn to David, I don't do even so to him, to transfer the kingdom from Saul's house and to set up David's throne over Israel and over Judah, from Dan even to Beersheba. He could not answer Abner another word because he was afraid of him. Abner sent messengers to David on his behalf saying, Whose is the land? And saying, Make your alliance with me, and behold, my hand will be with you to bring all Israel around to you. He said, Good, I will make a treaty with you, but one thing I require of you, that is, you will not see my face unless you bring Michael, Saul's daughter, when you come to see my face. David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, Saul's son, saying, Deliver to me my wife Michael, whom I have gi- was given to marry for one hundred foreskins of the Philistines. Ishbosheth sent and took her from her husband, even from Paltiel the son of Laish. Her husband went with her, weeping as he went, and followed her to Behurim. Then Abner said to him, Go, return. And he returned. Abner had communication with the elders of Israel, saying, In times past you sought for David to be king over you. Now then do it. For Yahweh has spoken of David, saying, By the hand of my servant David I will save my people Israel out of the hand of the Philistines and out of all their enemies. Abner also spoke in the ears of Benjamin, And Abner went also to speak in the ears of David in Hebron all that seemed good to Israel and to the whole house of Benjamin. So Abner came to David to Hebron and twenty men with him. David made Abner and the men who were with him a feast. Abner said to David, I will arise and go and I will gather all Israel to my Lord the king that they may make a covenant with you and that you may reign over all that your soul desires. David sent Abner away and he went in peace. Behold, David's servants and Joab came from a raid and brought in a great plunder with them. But Abner was not with David in Hebron, for he had sent him away, and he had gone in peace. When Joab and all the army who was with him had come, they told Joab, Abner the son of Ner came to to the king, and he has sent him away and has gone in peace. Then Joab came to the king and said, What have you done? Behold, Abner came to you. Why is it that you have sent him away, and he is already gone? You know Abner, the son of Ner. He came to deceive you, and to know you're going out, and you're coming in, and to know all that you do. When Joab had come out from David, he sent messengers after Abner, and they brought him back from the well of Sirah. But David didn't know it. When Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside to the middle of the gate to speak with him quietly, and struck him there in the body, so that he died, for the blood of Azahel his brother. Afterward, when David heard it, he said, I and my kingdom are guiltless before Yahweh forever of the blood of Abner the son of Ner. Let it fall on the head of Joab and on his father's house. Let there not fail from the house of Joab one who has a discharge, or one who is a leper, or one who leans on a staff, or who falls by the sword, or who lacks bread. So Joab and Abishai his brother killed Abner, because he had killed their brother Azahel at Gibeon in the battle. David said to Joab and to all the people who were with him, Tear your clothes, and clothe yourself with sackcloth, and mourn in front of Abner. King David followed the bier. They buried Abner in Hebron, and the king lifted up his voice and wept at Abner's grave, and all the people wept. The king lamented for Abner and said, Should Abner die as a fool dies? Your hands were not bound, and your feet weren't put into fetters. As a man falls before the children of iniquity, so you fell. All the people wept again over him. All the people came to urge David to eat bread while it was yet day. But David swore, saying, God do so to me, and more if I taste bread or anything else until the sun goes down. All the people took notice of it, and it pleased them. Whatever the king did pleased all the people. So all the people and all Israel understood that day that it was not of the king to kill Abner, the son of Ner. The king said to his servants, Don't you know that a prince and a great man has fallen today in Israel? I am weak today, though anointed king. These men, the sons of Zeruiah, are too hard for me. May Yahweh render the evildoer according to his wickedness. So there's now a a bit of a civil war going on between the north, Israel, with King Ishbosheth, and the south, David, the king of Judah. And um, this was more of a Cold War because there's not, not any great battles recorded. There was that little mini battle in the last chapter where about 379 people died, which sounds like a lot to us, but that's a mini battle compared to so many of the battles in the Bible. But now, for these few years, there's this like little kind of a cold war. There's an animosity there, but no one's outright attacking each other. And um, the chapter starts out by listing all the sons that were born to David in Hebron, and it lists six boys, and along with discovering the names of these boys, we find out that David has four more wives. So we knew he had two when he went to Hebron, but now we find out he's got six wives, and much later we're going to find out he had 22 in total. In this chapter, he gets one of his previous wives, Michael, he gets her back. So now we know at this point he has at least seven wives, which is definitely not ideal. And we can see later in David's life why he has so many family problems, and one of the reasons is complicating the situation by having more than one wife. And it lists all of his sons, and when we get to 2 Samuel and and into the book of 1 Kings, we're going to see what happens with some of these sons, and we see how uh, all sorts of crazy stuff happens. But there's a few boys here. This is the only place we find out their names, and um, we don't know anything more about them. We can, we'll talk more about that later on. And um, but something interesting happens in the Northern Kingdom. King Ishbosheth he um, accuses Abner, and Abner's the general of the army there. He accuses Abner of sleeping with his father's concubine. So a concubine, for a king, is kind of like a wife you have that's not your wife. I guess you could, um, I guess it's, uh, there's no real modern equivalent. It's not like a mistress, because a mistress is kind of like an unofficial wife. But a concubine was more like, a I guess, a a female slave, but for the purposes of sex. Um, But um, anyway... These concubines are clearly not a godly thing or a, a, a thing that God approves of and clearly not a thing for today, but it was a thing that kings had. Kings used to have these concubines, and uh, sometimes other people had them as well. And so Saul obviously had at least one concubine. And um, Ishbosheth, uh, he accuses Abner of sleeping with his father's concubine. Now, this is a terrible, terrible accusation. You might think in today, well, whoop de doo who cares? But th- this is the concubine was the possession of the king. These women belonged to the king. They thought about women very differently. Now, these women were the king's possessions. So for you to take a king's concubine and sleep with her was, was seen in a lot of different ways. One of the ways it was seen was treasonous. Another one was seen was um, another way that it was seen was almost like you were claiming to be the king yourself. And later on in the Book of Kings, one of David's sons, when he tries to kick David off the throne, he goes and sleeps with David's concubines as a deliberate act of saying to all Israel, "I am the king." We'll talk about that when we get to it. But you can see how this is in the minds of the people that lived there at the time. This was a super serious thing. And um, one one of the commentators said that Ishbosheth. I don't know if they're right or not, but this is what someone said. They said that Ishbosheth was feeling threatened by Abner because Abner was strong, and he was trying to come up with an accusation to kind of get rid of him. But it backfired. If that was true, it backfired um, because Abner. You know, the impression we get from this chapter is he didn't do anything wrong. That he'd been very faithful and a great servant, and was using his position and strength to serve Ishbosheth. But when this accusation gets made, he gets, gets all, uh, you know, all offended, and says, "That's it. I'm handing the kingdom over to David." And so he goes to David, and he he's, he tries to do this, but the problem is David's got someone working for him called Joab, who's lawless. Joab wants to serve David, but he doesn't serve David the way David wants. He serves David the way he wants because he just does things his way and doesn't listen. And Abner had killed Jarab's brother in the previous chapter, but that particular chapter, he hadn't killed him because he wanted to kill him, he'd killed him because he had no choice. Jarab's brother was chasing Abner to kill Abner, and Abner was saying, you know, turn aside, leave me alone, I don't want to have to kill you, I don't want to have to face your brother, but in the end he had no choice and he killed him. So now Jarab has, and that was in a battle, Was in the context of fighting but now joab wants to get revenge for his brother and kills him out of a battle so in other words it's it's what happened before in the battle was in the context of war but what joab does is in the is is basically murder and you know that that we can send soldiers off to war and as part of uh, fulfilling their duties in war they might have to kill but they're not jailed for that. They're not in prison for that. That's part of their duty. They're actually expected to do that in the course of war. And even when we were discussing the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, we explained the difference between the commandment that said, you shalt not kill, and um, but what it really meant was, you shalt not murder. Because there, there were occasions when people killed but it wasn't murder. And uh, like if you accidentally kill someone Um, in a car crash or something, you've killed them, but you haven't murdered them. So there there are differences. And so what Joab does to Abner is murder, but what Abner did to Joab's brother was in the context of war. He did kill him, but he didn't murder him. And so Joab is seeking revenge. But there's another issue here too, and and that's the fact that Joab and Abner were both the commanders of armies, and Joab might have felt some some uh, insecurity over his job. Like if Abner was coming to David and delivering to him the other 11 tribes t- to make him the king overall, now there's two people who are the commander of the army. <laughs> so Joab's really, he's serving David, sure, but he's serving himself. And thats that's, this happens a lot in churches where people think they're serving the Lord or they think they're serving their church or their pastor, but they're really serving their own interests. You know, there may be people who are uh, who are wanting to be on the worship band, but it's not, a, it's not worshipful at all. It's all about getting recognition for themselves. Their interests are self-interests. It's all wrongly motivated, that's just one example. But there are lots of examples where people are serving in the church, but they're selfishly motivated. Well, that's Joab. Joab's doing things for himself. Sure, he's serving David, but he's doing it his way, not David's way. If you're gonna serve the Lord, if you're gonna serve in your church, you need to have a big heart towards your pastor and a big heart towards those over you and a big heart towards the Lord. If your pastor says to you, I'd like things done a certain way and you disagree, well, <laughs> what are you going to do? Is it going to be what you want? or is it, Are you really serving them or are you really serving yourself? I've had this happen so many times. You can't believe where well, you give people <laughs> instructions and they don't do what you say. And sometimes, sure, I you realize, well, maybe they just didn't remember, or or maybe uh, they just they just forgot, or maybe they didn't understand, or you know that happens a lot too. And, and I understand because sometimes I've been given instructions and I've messed it up, and I, di- I didn't want to mess it up, but uh, <laughs> sometimes it's not. Sometimes people just want to do it their own way too. So make sure you, you don't let that nasty little thing get into your heart so after this happens david wants to make it really clear to the people of israel that he is not supporting this murder of abner so he laments abner he gives him an honorable honorable burial you know he he fasts and he won't eat food and all of this type of stuff and it says there that all israel knew that he was not responsible and it says everything that the king did pleased them all and um (laughs) it's just like jesus christ to us You know and everything the lord does is so pleasing to us and i'm so grateful for jesus christ he's so wise he's the all-wise god the bible says and in him is all things and there's nothing that the lord does that's wrong or inappropriate if there's anything that the lord ever does that you don't understand seek it out seek to understand why because in doing so you'll come into a revelation of god himself so Lord, I thank you that there are, are hidden truths here in these Old Testament passages for us. I thank you this picture, the picture of Christ here in these Old Testament passages for us. I thank you that all of Scripture is for us. Lord, you've given us such riches. Lord, you're so wonderful. And today we praise the name of the Lord. Strengthen us. Bring us into that place of knowing Christ. And Lord, in the same way all of David's enemies were defeated, Lord, let all of your enemies be defeated too. Lord, let the church be victorious and strong and let the gospel have power. We declare it in Jesus' name, amen.